You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Welcome to Autumn on the Air. I'm your host, Lisa Mueller. In the United States, November is recognized as Native American Heritage Month, making it the perfect time to highlight a program that was recently launched to encourage entrepreneurship and innovation in tribal communities. The University of Arizona recently introduced the Native Forge program to support indigenous entrepreneurs from Arizona's 22 federally recognized tribes. The program is modeled after the successful Arizona Forge concept, which stands for finding opportunities and resources to grow entrepreneurs and is an innovative entrepreneurial community that combines startup acceleration with hands-on education for students and the local community. The Native Forge program, which is supported by a $500,000 matching grant from the U.S. Economic Development Administration, targets the unique needs of Native entrepreneurs through mentoring, data training, development, and assessment. Joining us today is Brian Ellerman, founding director of Arizona Forge, to discuss the creation of Native Forge, what's next for the program, and how others can model a similar program. Welcome to the air, Brian. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, hi there, Lisa. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Glad to have you. And so, Brian, I I know you're in Arizona. Have you lived in Arizona your entire life or uh, did you come from somewhere else? So I was born in Arizona. Um, I am very proud of uh, having been born here. That's uh, honestly not the most common trait, uh, at least among people of my age. Um, but I actually grew up uh, just north of New York City in the Hudson River Valley. Wow. And so came back home. How did you end up uh, at the university? Um, so I had uh, been a science major. I'd studied biology, chemistry and math at Wabash College. And then I did clinical pathology at Marist College and was really interested in going into medicine. Um, the idea of genetics and cancer fascinated me. And uh, it was between Raleigh, Durham and Tucson. And having so much family in the Phoenix area, uh, Tucson one out, had the medical school, came here with all intention of uh, going to med school. And then, uh, funny enough, got talked out of it by all of my doctor friends who recognized that uh, as a health technology uh, entrepreneur, I would had already started several companies. And uh, they sort of said, why on earth would you go into medicine and indebt yourself to school and everything else? There's already this incredible path with technology. And uh, so I listened to them and ended up going the, the health technology route, ended up working, um, doing a master's in MIS at, at the university, went to work at Sanofi for 15 years, doing all kinds of uh, technology innovation, and then uh, came to the university in, um, informally in 2018 and formally in 2019 when I founded Forge within the Research Innovation and Impact of the university. Yeah, and I want to spend uh, quite a bit of time today talking to you about the FORGE program. And I understand that Native Americans make up about 4.3% of Arizona's population and less than 1% of the state 
business owners are Native American. So there's no question that the Arizona Forge program fills a critical gap in the community. I'd love to hear more about how the Native Forge came to be. So uh, first off, I have to give, um, you know, a lot of credit to President uh, Robbins, who uh, created the senior vice president for Native American advancement and tribal engagement and brought in Levi Escara uh, as that that first senior VP. Levi has uh, just an amazing wealth of expertise in working with uh, certainly the tribes of Arizona and, in fact, had previously been the PI on the EDA University Center grant that uh, we then were pursuing. So he knew a lot about the program. He knew kind of how it, how it should run. Um, and it was really in, in the coming together of Levi and myself and thinking about, well, Forge has this set of education and this set of mentoring and, and this set of acceleration uh, and Levi's expertise in working with the tribes that we were able to put together this piece of the program. So, Brian, that was really interesting about how the Native Forge came to be. How does it encourage tribal entrepreneurship and help build local tribal economies? So we in thinking about this, and, and this is a model that I've, I've really employed throughout everything that we do at Forge, which is by beginning with the entrepreneur in mind. And, and that's an individual. That's a that's a person. Um, entrepreneurship is this great sort of uh, theoretical and academic construct, but an entrepreneur is is a person who may be in all kinds of different settings. They, they might be uh, starting a business, but they might also be an employee. Uh, or they could be someone who is a business owner and is thinking about how to grow and expand their business. Um, for that reason, you can't try a one-size-fits-all approach. You need to really begin with the entrepreneur in mind and asking them what they need to grow, to succeed, to scale, and so on. And so we encourage the this entire approach by going in and, and building a core team of entrepreneurs. Um, but I should back up a little bit first, because <clears throat> number one, we want to work with the tribes that are interested in the program. So we put out the call to all of the 22 federally recognized tribes in Arizona um, and ask them to apply. We try to give them you know, some background info on, on what this would entail. And then of the ones that that applied, we then asked them, okay, can you identify five entrepreneurs from your tribe and who have a very strong sense of community to participate in this program? And both of those are important. Number one, it's the tribe identifying the entrepreneurs. And so they're really able to create the best spectrum, the best um, range of entrepreneur, of ages and experiences and so on. Um, but number two, by having that community commitment, it means we're not going to go through this program, uh, build this really strong set of skills, and then watch everybody leave. Uh, we need them to really feel compelled to give back to their to the tribe, to their nation, and and work there. So the notion of Native Forge is empowering the tribe and its entrepreneurs to uh, assess what is what the strengths are, what its weaknesses are, and how best to uh, support the community. So what's the response been when you've gone in and worked with some of these tribes? I mean, brand new program, um, you know, I would imagine 
you know, excitement, but I'm sure there were some concerns. So I'd be curious to hear, you know, a, a little bit about each of those. Yeah, I, you know, the, the concern side, it, it's always, as you said, it's a new program. Uh, it's untested. Um, and, you know, I'll be completely blunt. I think that history is littered with programs that meant well, but absolutely failed to deliver in the end, um, or which uh, stood something up, but only as long as the funding lasted, and then away it went and what was left behind. So that was a really important uh, component to that empowerment and and really developing the the entrepreneurs from within, is that when our funding ends in five years, each of the tribes that participate will have a core team of people who've been through the training, who've been through mentoring, who have all of this. That doesn't go away with, with a, a change in funding. Um, number two, it's scalable, which is really key. And I think that's been um, probably the best part of this is that when we put the call out and we had a handful of, of tribes apply, um, when we made notification of uh, who was selected, the other tribes still asked to participate in our Native Forge conference. They still wanted to be there. And so what that tells me is that uh, we can scale this very quickly to these others that, that have expressed an interest. Now, that, of course, is constrained by money and uh, capacity. So one of the things that we have to start thinking about and looking for are, are additional funding sources that can help to be able to land additional tribes and, and frankly, additional mentoring support. That was, I think, one of the, the strengths that we heard or one of the, the happy parts from um, the, the tribes was the fact that we were engaging them directly, that we were um, giving them, you know, recognizing their sovereignty and their, their decision making in this. Um, so by having our uh, mentor in residence, uh, Rafael Tapia, who himself has two decades of working with tribes across nine states, we, we came from a position of both credibility, but also a genuine interest in supporting uh, each of the tribes and what they needed. Um, so I think I can't say that if there's a bad, it's that why couldn't you also include us? OK, that's you know, that's the kind of bad you want to have. Um, I think the good is that it, it seems to me like there's a a really wonderful road expanding in front of us, uh, potentially going from a two lane to a, a full fledged highway. That's awesome. And and you had your conference earlier this month, didn't you? Uh, last week, in oh, fact. Last week. Um, so we had 35 attendees total, uh, 20 of whom were uh, entrepreneurs from four tribes, the Kichan, Tohono O'odham, Pasquayaki, and the San Carlos Apache tribe and San Carlos Apache are uh, our program participants. So they're the ones that we're going to be working with um, in the coming year. Well, it sounds like um, it was a great turnout for the conference and hopefully it's, you know, will continue to go forward. So I know that one of the initiatives of um, the program is tribal data training, some development and assessment program. Can you talk a little bit about how these work? Well, I, so it, it, that is not something that's directly under my uh, purview. That's actually handled through the Native People's Technical Assistance Office. Um, and the idea of this, again, goes back to that uh, notion of sovereignty. Um, tribal data and the, and the sovereignty of data is a longstanding topic and, and issue. And the, the challenge becomes you want the tribes to be able to uh, have uh, – 
domain, have, have ownership of their data, but at the same time, the collective value is so powerful. And, and frankly, it's necessary for what we need to do uh, to be able to demonstrate you know, success metrics to the EDA and to our, our stakeholders. Um, and so um, the group is really gonna focus on both capturing the, the data that comes through the program activities and, and all of uh, the entrepreneurs and, and, their, and what they do, uh, return that data to the tribe for them to be able to use it as they need, and then figure out what pieces of it can we take to add to our repository so that we can start to show uh, some degree of efficacy and outcome and impact in, in what we're doing. And you mentioned earlier, Brian, you mentioned mentors. Um, so I'm assuming that's one of the kind of development opportunities Native Forge offers. Um, I'm sure there's some other things. Do you want to share what those are? Sure. So when we constructed a Native Forge program, uh, I kind of took some of the greatest hits of the different departments in Ford. Um, for example, we have what's called Student Venture Pathways. That is, that is the department that has a mission of cultivating an entrepreneurial mindset in all students. And it runs a uh, mini curriculum called Venturing 101. This is built on the Lean Canvas uh, concepts but it includes also topics like uh, self-assessment of your risk profile as an entrepreneur, uh, intellectual property and business formation, financial literacy, uh, and a number of other topics. So in this uh, about nine module, 35, 36 hour uh, asynchronous online curriculum, an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur can really find out a lot about themselves and what steps are required to get started and, and maybe a little bit of vocabulary. So that Venturing 101 gets plugged into Native Forge and is something that that certainly is, is open to anybody, but in particular to the participants uh, of the program. Um, a second piece comes through our uh, communities. So within communities, we, we try to pull together a lot of the different um, community builders and ecosystem builders. Um, at the conference, we had a panel at the Small Business Development Center, had a, a, a local attorney who specializes in business formation and IP, had a local uh, angel investor. Uh, we had a community investment corporation who do small, micro, no interest loans. Um, so we really got this nice perspective that we could put in front of uh, all of the, the Native entrepreneurs to hear about how you build that support framework. I think too often everybody gets enamored with both with the entrepreneur and the capital, uh, you know, and they, they think everything is just simply I get the idea, I, I make I flesh it out enough that somebody wants to hand me a check and away we go and successful business. And they don't really understand uh the full net that's required to support uh, a venture from its initial idea to success of, you know, as defined by the entrepreneur. And then the, the last, and that we try to do both in things like the conference and also with, uh, with Raphael, our mentor in residence, who is very well connected to resource programs and, and grant programs and other things that uh, he can bring to, to the group. And then the last is, is a reflection of a piece of our Forge Ahead Accelerator, where we have a team of mentors and residents. And in that program, our startups meet biweekly with a pair of those mentors. 
And that pair rotates, um, so they get a broad perspective of expertise and domain and, and other things. We're actually going to put those five Native American entrepreneurs into the same rotation as all, all of our startups. So they'll get to meet biweekly with a pair of our extremely experienced business experts. Um, understanding, of course, that they may not yet be at the same level as a company that's in the accelerator, um, but mentoring is is still incredibly valuable and can help them in sort of figuring out how do I frame my business problem better? Um, because I think when you really get down to the nature of startups and founders, it's a storytelling aspect. And it's how well do I tell that story that I can compel others to want to help and get involved and so on. And that's where I think this combination of those three really comes to bear. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible program. And to have them rotate through those mentors, what a great experience because they're getting, you know, exposure to different entrepreneurs, obviously, and and also getting exposure to diversity of thought, too, which can only help them as they're, you know, continuing on their journey. Did you have trouble? I mean, I'm involved in a lot of programs for increasing diversity in patent law and, and trying to find mentors is a challenge. How about how about for you there? Um, I mean, I think. Part of the challenge when you when you're talking about mentoring, um, it is a passion for people who do mentoring. Um, if you're if you're walking around with a check and saying, hi, I'd like to hire a mentor, I think you're, you're going about it wrong. You need to go about it by saying this is what we do. These are the kinds of entrepreneurs we help. Uh, how would you like to be involved? Um, we do pay a small uh, honorarium to our, our mentors and residents, um, but I, I remind them that the mentoring is volunteer. The honorarium is so that you can work on projects with me that I, I would really like to tap into your expertise. You know, so in a way, it's uh, it's some paid consulting work for, for Forge on the side of mentoring uh, all of these program participants. It's a win-win for both, it sounds like. It really is. And I, I, I hear back from our mentors. They, they love the engagement. They love working with uh, the mentees. Uh, and likewise, the mentees really appreciate the something like 200 plus collective years of experience that we've got uh, gathered in our, our portfolio of mentors and residents. Um, but I think, you know, your question also gets at the, the, a, an element of uh, depth of expertise. And that's where um, you know, we do enlist a handful of, of deep experts more on a volunteer basis uh, where we want to do maybe a workshop on a particular topic because of the fact that we, I know I can't get this person on retainer, um, you know, around the clock, but I can get them to agree to, say, a one hour workshop where they can talk all about their expertise and answer questions. And that, that again goes back to, to our Venturing 101. We want to try to empower the students to ask informed questions. Um, and there's nothing taking IP, you know, as an example. Um, if I don't even know the definition of a patent or a trademark, I don't know where to begin in a conversation with someone who is an expert in that. So our goal with our Venturing 101 course is just to build that vocabulary and understanding not obviously to uh, try to create a bunch of patent attorneys with a five-hour online course. 
<laughs> you could try, but uh, it, it generally requires a little bit more time than that. So, Brian, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask, because I'm curious, um, how does Native Forge work to create relationships with the tribes in Arizona? So, you know, I um, when we were trying to define uh, our objectives and, and what does success look like, um, number one, we had to kind of build it from the ground up and, and say, okay, it's probably one new tribe a year. Um, so over five years, that's five tribes. But there are 22 federally recognized tribes in Arizona. Um, so what that means is that we then have to look at, well, who's nearby? Who's in our backyard? We have the Tohono O'odham and Pasquayaki, uh short distance away from um, from Tucson. And so I, I describe that as table stakes. They're they're just in because they are right here. They can work with us and and with our community program. So now I've added it to to two. So now I'm at seven. And then I think we have cooperative extensions on five of the the reservations across the state. So in fact, the university already has an existing relationship out there that we could look to as a way to to build again, table stakes in the sense of we're already there, we're already working together. So how do we uh, put some of these resources out in their hands? And then, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, I think grants like the University Center um, are in many ways a, a, a door opener. This is an opportunity for us to uh, obtain additional funding that could take us from five at the end of five years to my stretch goal is 15 at the end of five years. What that is also though, is an acknowledgement that it's very likely there's some tribes who simply aren't interested. Uh, they they have their own programs or they don't see a value to, to this initiative. And, and here again, just as we want to empower the core set of entrepreneurs coming from the, their community, we also want to be respectful of the fact that we may not be a good solution or may not uh, address the things that they feel are important to them. Um, so that's where 15 is kind of coming from a reality that there there certainly won't be 22, um, maybe 20, um, and 15 is a, a really good stretch. Yeah, that sounds like a really good number to shoot for. Good luck as you're, you're stretching for that. Thanks. And I know, Brian, the program's still very new, um, but I, you've done a tremendous amount in a short amount of time. Um, is there a particular success that you're proud of? Yeah, and I, I think it is really important to, to underscore uh, how new this is. Uh, we, we received our funding in September, uh, so we really have just begun to, to get out there. But uh, I it was just ecstatic about the Native Forge Conference last week. Um, both in terms of the participation, uh, the kinds of stories and dialogue we were able to engage in. Um, we had one of our uh, Forge Ahead uh, startup residents come in and talk with the, the group of entrepreneurs about his startup journey from um, really a completely different business. And then um, what they're doing today was a way to try to address the problems that their, their business was having. And now it, they're, what they're doing dwarfs. Um, the the old business, and I you could just hear the engagement and see the the eyes open uh, of everybody in the room of hearing this story. It was a true sort of entrepreneurial moment for people to start looking at how do you scale, how do you go out and convince people that your idea is a good one and that you're you know um, not not running down a, a dead end. 
Um, and so I really am proud of what we were able to accomplish uh, with the Native Forge conference last week. And, you know, not only a new program in the sense of the grant funding, but a new program in terms of uh, the team at Forge that's supporting all of this. Uh, I mean, we had a new events coordinator who, who literally started the week prior. Uh, and it was, hey, welcome to the team. Here's what we're working on for <laughs> next week. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that it, it just speaks volumes to both the caliber of people, but also the fact that it reassures me we are working on the right problems. It sounds like, and I'm excited, we'll have to have you on uh, about this time next year to to see all that you've accomplished in the year and then see, um, you said you had 35 for the conference last week. We'll, we'll see what the numbers are next year. I, I don't doubt that they're going to increase. So talking about the future, Brian, where do you see Native Forge going? And are there parts of the program you've touched a little bit about uh, how you'd like to expand the number of tribes you'd like to see participate? Uh, other things you'd like to see? Um, yeah, and from the beginning, I um, one of the reasons why I had had asked a Community Investment Corporation to join our our panel is that they have had an extremely successful uh, BIPOC loan fund that has I want to say is heading toward a million dollars, and um, I I thought about that. In fact, as as uh, we were talking about it at the conference that this is really an avenue for thinking about BIPOC writ large, not merely uh, at a tribal level, but but honestly, how do we engage communities uh, wherever they are, wherever they may be, but obviously for us, we're heavily focused on Arizona, um, but where the BIPOC entrepreneurs perhaps are struggling to get access to funds, access to services, um, and we can really empower them with a lot of the, the same tools and resources that we have deployed within Native Forge. Um, might operate under a different name, um, just so we don't really confuse everybody. Um, but I think that there could be a really uh, positive parallel program to this. Brian, for me personally, the values of equity, diversity, inclusion are critical. And uh, particularly so when it comes to indigenous, whether we're talking about inventors or entrepreneurs or others. So I generally appreciate all that you're doing with this Native Forge, and I believe this type of program should be available in every community. How can other universities look to your model to implement programs to support underrepresented communities? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I, you know, I credit, um, I've actually had a number of universities reach out to me and, and set up time to talk. Uh, talked with North Dakota State most recently, um, and I, I don't know that there's a, uh, it's not a recipe, obviously. It, it's, you take one part curriculum and two parts mentoring and mix together, um, but I do think that it is scalable and re repeatable, and I think what I would really welcome from other universities is to hear their stories of what they've tried to do or or if they've tried something um, and learn from their efforts as well, because again, we are months into this where we, we have so much more to do. I, I certainly don't uh, presume that we've got all the answers right. Um, boy, I hope we don't because what kind of entrepreneur would I be if I, I did? Um, I enjoy that part of it. But I think those other universities can share their experiences. And then in turn, we can um, certainly share the, the Native Forge model. And um, 
I, I know in I was talking with uh, Betsy Cantwell, the senior VP for research and innovation, and and we were sort of musing about like this franchise model of native forge, and and I said, yeah, but it it would be a open source franchise, you know, I this is not something that that I necessarily want to own so much as I would just love to see uh, this kind of entrepreneurial support and and programming out and available uh, uh, across the country and particularly out in um, our, with our Native American populace. Well, Brian, I've truly enjoyed talking to you today and learning more about this incredibly impactful program. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Truly my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this week's show. Catch you next time on the air. I'm your host, Lisa Mueller, signing off for now. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to tech transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for tech transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.